0: Welcome to the Better Money, Better World Show, a podcast project of Impact Capital Managers, or ICM. ICM is a group of investors who believe that by solving the world's greatest challenges, we will generate market-leading returns for investors while bending the arc of human history towards sustainability and justice. ICM members have backed companies ranging from Tesla to Coursera to Vital Farms. Collectively, ICM's 60 members manage over $12 billion dollars. I'm your host, Daniel Pianco, a co-founder of ICM. My day job is co-founder and managing director of Achieve Partners, a leading investor in education and human capital. Here on Better Money, Better World, we'll explore the stories of our investor members, the companies we're building, and the limited partners allocating money to investors who don't just seek alpha, but also to leverage their capital to build a better world. Episodes will be released each week and feature a new guest telling their own unique investment stories, strategies, and perspectives. And we've got lots of great guests lined up. So if you're excited about what this show might teach you about impact investing and the people behind it, make sure you subscribe to Better Money, Better World wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you're feeling generous, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It's a great way to highlight the work of impact investors and grow the community of impact investing. Now, with that out of the way, let me introduce you to our Better Money, Better World guests. UBS, the world's largest truly global wealth manager, has a long history in sustainability and is taking a lead in providing sustainable and impact investing advice and solutions to its clients. The firm has a view that wealth managers and advisors play a critical role and helping clients to deploy their philanthropic and investment capital for a better world. The interest from family offices and other high net worth individuals in sustainable and impact investing continues to increase significantly, with the estimate of family offices with impact investments reaching one in four as of 2022. Andrew Lee, Managing Director and Global Head of Sustainable and Impact Investing for UBS Global Wealth Management, expects that in the coming years, allocations to sustainable and impact strategies will continue to grow significantly given families and individuals strong interest in sustainable, positive change and specific outcomes, particularly given generational wealth transfer. UBS provides a broad range of sustainable investment opportunities for clients. These investments span asset classes from public equities to private credit and can be diversified or focused on specific themes like climate, healthcare, or workforce housing. The firm has a focus on mobilizing private capital to address the UN SDGs through education, advice, innovative solutions, and partnerships. Lee initially joined UBS in 2012 to lead alternative investment strategy and then carved out a role as a leader in the bank's focus on impact and sustainable investing. Prior to joining UBS, Lee served in various roles at Ocean Road Advisors, Deutsche Bank, and Lazard. Listen as Andrew Lee describes the evolution of impact and sustainable investing as a driver of positive change and performance for high net worth families. Andrew Lee of UBS, welcome to the Better Money, Better World podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Daniel, thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So UBS is one of the longest, most storied uh, histories in wealth management and one of the best franchises in the space. Can you describe how a large, centuries-old Swiss bank is innovating in impact investing?
1: Sure. I'm happy to do it. And, And it is true. I mean, we have a long and rich history. Um, you know, of wealth management. And um you know we do have multiple business divisions. We have asset management with wealth management. We have an investment bank. But wealth management really does remain at the core of our business model. So, um you know if i if I think back to what are the origins of wealth management or private banking, what are we doing? You know, we're really about helping our clients meet their objectives, right, and their goals, and whether those are purely financial or increasingly financial and Beyond financial, which we also think are financial in nature, um, you know, and as client objectives, you know, really do focus on sustainability or impact in some way, that has to be part of our business model. And so thinking about, you know, how it is that we deliver on the core value proposition, which is helping clients achieve their objectives, helping them advise or manage on their capital, and sustainability and impact becomes increasingly important to that. Um, you know how how core is that to what we do and so you know we think that we as a broad firm as well as within the wealth management space play a pretty significant role in helping our clients think about um, how to incorporate um sustainability and impact into their investments so you know innovation um i think that is always at the core of what we do but thinking about how we can deliver you know impact through client investments that's really what we're looking at and so you know where' in in a space where historically clients haven't thought necessarily about you know impact and sustainability going back decades, right? Um as part of their portfolios, their investment portfolios, their return generative um, investment portfolios, I think a lot of innovations required. Now, the space has moved a lot. Um but where we're headed to, I think, is a place where impact is going to be embedded a lot more at the core. Um, of how uh, investment portfolios are managed over time. So um, the innovation is bringing uh, you know impact and sustainability into the core um, of how we manage money uh, as part of a core process: asset allocation, thematic development, how you know analysts look at it and advise on individual securities, and putting it all together um, for private clients in a way that actually makes sense. And it makes sense for impact, right? Because you've got trillions of dollars of Um, private investor capital, we've got these broad challenges that we know need to be addressed. Um, And so it really is about finding the right mechanisms to get that capital to address those challenges. So
0: you wrote recently that uh, 62% of family offices are focused on impact investing as a key, key area going forward. What percent of overall family office assets are in impact investing today? And if you could guess that transition you're talking about, what do you think it'll be in five years?
1: Yeah. So, you know, first of all, I think it's it's about how you define impact investments, right? There are so many different definitions and our clients, the broad industry looks at it differently. So it is really thinking about um, what they mean and what we all mean when we think about impact investments. So, I mean, I would say in broad numbers, you know, roughly, ha- let's take our family offices, for example, roughly half of them. Um, you know, allocate to sustainable investments of some way, shape, or form. It's slightly lower in the U.S. It's higher in Europe and the Middle East, um, and so there are differences by region. Um, but uh, but the shift is definitely towards increasing what people consider to be impact investments in their portfolio, and and thinking about impact not as a distinct allocation necessarily. But as uh, thinking about impact across all of those different asset classes in a portfolio um, and how impact can be more incorporated or less incorporated and understanding the different types of exposures deliver different type of impact um, to to, uh, to portfolios. And so um, if I had to guess um, what percent of overall family uh, office assets are, are, are in impact, it's probably um, a low single, it's a—it's a, it's, it's a single digit number today. If we think about true impact investing with intentionality, additionality, um, the way that you and I might think about it. Um, if I had to guess what it would be in five years, double or triple that, I think the interest is there. It's going to depend on um, the solution set and how credible that continues to de- uh, develop over time. Um, but we definitely see the, the trajectory of interest um, you know, strongly increasing. So it's it's not going to be a majority of the portfolio, but it will be a significant double digit um, percentage.
0: So now let's talk about UBS is doing to drive that shift. Can you discuss a few concrete examples of UBS leveraging its platform to drive capital towards impact investing?
1: Sure. I mean, maybe I'll start with the broader umbrella just of sustainable. Right. And I think, um, I was mentioning to you before that, uh, you know the the capital that we manage um, for for or advise on for clients. Um, you know it sits in both large public portfolios as well as um, you know in the private market space. And I would say incorporating sustainability impact into those um, you know constructs that people are familiar with asset an allocation portfolios. That's one way to start to move things at scale. So that's I think the the broad backdrop for it is how do you um, how do you keep it as something that's not separate and off to the side but as part of the way that people are used to thinking about their investments in their portfolios. And so within that, thinking about where the opportunities to move capital for impact are. So there are portions in public market portfolios um, that are very impact oriented, right? So engagement centric strategies focused on the sustainable development goals. That's one way to start to move capital um, at scale um, and where there is a tangible theory of change around the engagement Um, And what we're looking to achieve that makes sense from both the sustainability or impact perspective as well as for performance. So um, I think the first step is really bringing it into the core constructs that make sense. Um, You know, now from an impact perspective, um, it's really about finding those opportunities um, that do deliver both on the performance side of things and uh, and uh, credibly on the impact side. So thinking about addressing very specific sustainability or impact challenges, um, you know, again, having that thesis about why capital deployment and why that particular investor drives towards that um, and, uh, and fitting it into our shelf. Again, not as a distinct part of it, but as part of our regular way shelf. Diligence in the same way, presented in the same way to clients, positioned in the same portfolios for clients. So for us, that's that's how to do it. We've had some specific instances where I think um, it's either multi-thematic types of approaches, um, which are uh, diversified in nature, addressing a number of different impact challenges can be helpful because they fit into an investor portfolio in a very similar way to a a regular way private equity fund, whether that's in growth or venture, or even beyond private equity and private credit, real assets, infrastructure. Um, So so again, making it familiar, not as a distinct part of a portfolio. Um, And then I think a thematic focus has been very helpful in terms of bringing impact to people, because quite often, you know our clients are thinking um, through a thematic lens, through an outcome lens, saying this is something that I particularly am interested in, um, and then being able to house that in a structure that lives squarely within an investment portfolio, but has a very explicit, um, you know, thematic focus. Uh, that can be another way that's helpful. So across, you know, spaces in healthcare or workforce housing. Um, you know, having that specific lens can be very helpful because it's concrete and it's tangible to uh, to clients.
0: Can we talk about that shelf for a minute? So uh, presumably by shelf, you mean you've got a bunch of investments that your advisors can pick and choose investments off of, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, our broad shelf, when we think about it, we've got um, discretionary offerings where we manage um, investments for people. And then there's the advisory shelf where it is, as you said, you know, a, a selection of, of offerings. And we advise people on how to incorporate those.
0: And so as you think about that shelf, what are some areas where you feel like there's really strong impact uh, op- options? And what are some areas where you're like, hey, you know, I really wish
1: there was a fund that did X, Y, or Z? So are you thinking from a thematic perspective or are you thinking more from an asset class type perspective?
0: Uh, I'll I'll let you draw. Let's start with asset class and then maybe do
1: some themes. Sure. I mean, I, I think impact has largely been approached, you know, by us and by clients through private through a private markets lens. The intentionality that you can bring, the control, the ability to drive strategy and, and take you know, a thesis or a theory of change and really drive that through an investment, manage the impact through the life of the investment um, that really lends itself well to the private market. So I think that's where we see a lot more opportunities, both in the broader universe, what lives on uh, on our shelf in our offering um, and what clients are interested in and understand as being vehicles that really help to drive impact. Um, I think we've started to see more um, and, and you know, worked with the market to develop more in the public market space, um, you know, particularly in public equities, um, but also on the public credit side. So I think there are um, great opportunities there as well. Um, But I think naturally a lot of these very impact-specific, tangible, additional um, strategies do live in, in the private markets naturally. Um, and I guess your other question was really around themes, right? So,
0: right. So, so within the private markets, then, like, are there specific areas where you said, "Hey, we should have more private equity, or more venture, or more real assets"? Like, where where do you see the strengths and weaknesses of the of the community? Right?
1: Yeah. Uh, look, I think the opportunities live across all of those different private market strategies. Um, I think there's been a preponderance of both client focus or investor focus, as well as the strategy set in you know the growth equity space. And I think that um, there's, there's a lot that's emerging or, or there within the venture space, which I think is super exciting, a lot of innovation, a lot of disruption. So expect to see a continued um, path there. Um, I think there's maybe some work to be done in thinking about you know, developing those, those impact theses early on in the venture space and, and managing them through that. Um, but I think venture and growth lend themselves very naturally to that. Real assets is another space that lends itself very nicely to, to impact. Infrastructure as well, you know, and I think, oh, I'm sorry, and private credit, I think, is another area that um, that is emerging with the intentionality of, of how you're deploying that capital. But I think it is uh, within each of those areas, there has to be that intentionality to it, right? I think we do see a lot of strategies where you know there's impact maybe as a byproduct of what the the strategy actually is. Um and so I think it's 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 saying it's naturally lends itself well to it, but you still have to have a manager that's focused on it and focused in the right way and, and can demonstrate that as well.
0: And then now let's let's focus on the lenses. You sort of said uh there's sort of a product and then you said, hey, thematic lenses. What are some thematic lenses that you're focused on?
1: Yeah, I mean, so we we utilize the, the SDGs as a very strong lens. We also use uh, we have a, a an established long term investment theme franchise um, where the thematic opportunities um, are driven over longer periods of time. So that lends itself well to to impact and the challenges, but also the opportunities that are related to that. Um, so we use a number of those, uh, what I would consider to be thematic lenses. Um, I think what, so we see opportunities across many of those different themes, right? I think not all the SDGs are, are necessarily investable in, in portfolios, um, or market rate return portfolios. Um, and so it's, it's identifying which of the SDGs are, are, are especially addressable or which of the themes are especially addressable. I think the ones that tend to. Emerge as uh, as a particular interest, and where we see the investment opportunity intersecting with that um, tend to be in climate, natural resources, um, and obviously that covers a lot in terms of adjacent spaces. Um, I would say healthcare is another one that rises to the top um, in terms of both interest and the clear opportunities there. Um, Education is one that there's a lot of interest in. I would say a narrower set of opportunities or solutions um, right now that we we see, but um, one that one that there's a lot of interest in. Um, and then uh, and then food, agriculture, um, you know, circular economy, again, all, all related to um, kind of the core areas. But these are the ones that float to the top where I think it's naturally investable. There are ways to put them into portfolios. Um, and there, there are there a good set of solutions around them um, that uh, that that we see and that are appealing to to investors.
0: Now you've been at UBS for almost ten years now. Uh, can you talk about how the conversation you've had with clients has evolved over those ten years?
1: It's been an interesting ten years from a you know from a from a sustainability and impact perspective. Um, I, you know, I would say early on, uh, look. Let me step back for a second and say, I mean, UBS sustainability has been a part of the DNA um, at the firm for a long time. So we've always had offerings for clients um, and and focused on it in some way, shape or form. I think what's changed materially is, um, you know, that sustainability was a part of the conversation. And it was one thing that people were talking about, um, you know, early on, I would say in the last five years, three years in particular, um, you know, the conversation has uh, materially advanced, right, to the point where it's, it was introduced, or it's, it's, it's focused on not as a values alignment type of conversation, but it's, Okay, I get it. Sustainability affects my investments, and my investments have the potential to drive change um, from a societal or environmental perspective social or environmental perspective. Um, and and I think the evolution has been very much, you know, values alignment to um, you know, why should I do this? Will I give up return? Is it going to be concessionary in some way, shape or form? Uh, what's the trade-off? To how do I do this, and how do I do this credibly, and how will it change my investment portfolio, or how should I change my expectations around things? So it has been a pretty significant shift, with a real acceleration in that in that shift towards the how um, over the last few years.
0: And if you had, you know, uh, could could weigh it, you know, you said there's this kind of inherent uh, perceived conflict between impact and alpha. How has that conversation evolved over that time, and is it more impact or is it more alpha?
1: So, look, I mean, I, I think it's people. People have different motivations um, for investing or focusing on sustainability and impact. Um, and I think it's both. I mean that that's that's what we put forth is um, you know, in order to generate returns. So set aside alpha for a second. In order to generate returns over the long run you have to think about sustainability, period, right? You must incorporate the risks and the opportunities into your lens of thinking. Materiality is important, but you need to be considering these risks systematically and thinking about them. Um, And that's just general kind of long-term fiduciary. How do you generate returns? Um, Now, when you start to lean into impact a little bit more, right, and incorporate that into portfolios, that's when um you know there there starts to be more questions, right? about is there a return trade-off? We see the opportunities to invest for impact in those areas as hand in hand and uh, you know, generating market rate returns and alpha where the market doesn't recognize that, right? So a few years ago, think about you know investments in renewables or climate related green tech, right? Um, and you know the market didn't necessarily recognize it in the same way that it's recognized it over the last few years so um I think it's it's a bit of being early and ahead of the opportunities um and when they're pricing them in but I would say it's both the the, the motivators for clients, the motivators for us from an investment perspective are you know looking to, you know, deploy capital where it has impact um, and where it can drive tangible real world change. Um, and then thinking about why that might um, help to generate alpha as well. I don't think they're incompatible. I think that clients are, are moving towards that very clearly.
0: And, and do you think clients share your view uh, that impact is driven by alpha? And can you talk about a specific case where uh, you were able to convince clients that, the impact thesis created the alpha opportunity?
1: So I think clients see that an impact thesis can drive alpha. Um, I think that, um, I think that they see that it can go hand in hand. I do think that not everybody's there yet. I think that, um, you know, there's, uh, there are always questions about, you know, what's what's what comes first in an investment? Is it is the MI or is the fund manager looking for, um, you know, the impact first? And does that mean that it will generate alpha or the alpha generative? And therefore, they're willing to give something up um, from, from an impact perspective. Um, you know, I, I think that, that that's still open from a client perspective. I think some of our, you know, call it larger, um, more impact-focused clients very clearly see that, and that's why they, you know, invest more of their um, portfolios into uh, into impact. But, um, but I do think that's an open question that, that is part of this, how do we move more capital into impact generally, is it is about education, it's about saying, you know, here are the large opportunities. Um, it's It's maybe too early to really talk a lot about, you know, is um, is an impact thesis driving alpha? I, I, I see them much more as when we underwrite them now, it's much more hand in hand. We see, you know the impact opportunity or the potential of investments. We also see that if executed properly, um they can deliver alpha um, to portfolios. but but I think at this point, I see it more hand in hand. I would say we've seen some early success um, in some of the opportunities that I was mentioning earlier. So oncology, um, you know, in in some of the impact solutions that we've had there, um, we've seen that both there is progress and demonstrable progress from an impact perspective. There's also outperformance, um, you know, versus the benchmarks that they think about um, in general. So that's one where, you know, early days, again, we're met with many of these private market opportunities that, you know, we're talking about, um, it's multi-year in nature and you want to look at the whole, um, kind of solution as opposed to individual, um, transactions. But, um, but I would say there are some early promising signs there.
0: It's, It's interesting. You, uh, Set up that dichotomy because when I looked through the UBS materials, it was interesting that impact investing was kind of uh, lumped in or in the same presentation as sort of strategic philanthropy. How do you kind of distinguish between strategic philanthropy and impact and help ensure that that message around alpha gets continued when you're kind of connecting the two?
1: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, look, so we actually do make a very clear distinction between impact investing or sustainable investing broadly, but impact investing specifically um, and what we would consider to be non-market rate, you know, types of returns, right? So if we think about at the one end, we have philanthropy, right? Then we have strategic philanthropy or social finance, right? Um, and then there are there's everything in the sustainable investment spectrum where it belongs in a portfolio. We try to draw the line pretty distinctly so that, you know, client expectations around um, the solution set—they're not confused as to what they should be expecting. So, you know, impact investing for us squarely falls into the market rate or better types of return opportunities. Belongs in an investment portfolio and in classic investment frameworks. Um, now, what we do do is we present a spectrum of, of of capital, where, you know, as a client or as an investor, I would say. I have lots of different places that I can put my capital. Some of that is in, you know, concessionary returns or non-market types of returns, and some of it is in market rate returns. But I want to be able to, you know, if I care about certain themes or I care about certain outcomes, I want to be able to use the totality of my capital, right, um, in order to address those those outcomes um, and drive real change um and so presenting it along this spectrum is exactly what we do so we we actually have this thing that we call this the the, ca- the spectrum of capital and it it encompasses everything from the philanthropy all the way through to investments and it shows you know different mechanisms or different instruments um, that can be used to drive outcomes um across those different the, those different areas so you're right and and we don't want people to be confused about that because i think um, very clearly, in our view, impact investing is something that can deliver real, measurable outcomes alongside, you know, the performance, uh, financial performance. And so, you don't want there to be that confusion, but but we do want to place them side by side so that people understand all of the their the different tools that they have at their disposal um, in order to address address outcomes.
0: One last question on this point, and then Vlad, we'll which is, if you were the PR manager for uh, a Creating the conception that impact investing was driving alpha. What would you try to make that marketing pitch?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's about how an investment strategy or a focus on a particular theme um, is really related to the investment opportunity. So how how is it that you know driving impact in a particular area, any of the themes that we've talked about? is actually driving, um, an investment return. And I think that's, that's where more granularity around that can actually help to, uh, to convince the investor or the client, um, that it's not two separate things that instead, you know, the alpha opportunity or the, in, the investment return actually is in lockstep with, um, uh, with the impact outcomes that, are, that 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 one's looking for, so it's framing the challenge appropriately and saying yes, this is why it's important to address this over this time frame. Um, but this is why deployment of capital and why you know, with me as a specific manager, how we're going to both do that, um, but also generate investment returns at the same time. And I think that's where a lot of people are looking to the convince me that this belongs in my portfolio. Um, and convince me that it's actually going to drive measurable uh, impact along the way.
0: Yeah, I think the jury is still out across the board, so appreciate your perspective there. One of the things that's really interesting about impact investing in general is that themes change over time, right? DEI became incredibly important last year uh, as as an example, and these themes kind of change how do you manage sort of short term focus areas with sort of a broader long term wealth management approach
1: yep also a great question i mean look when we when we think about impact i think i assume you share the view impact is long term in nature right these are these are broader challenges the 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 change that we're looking for is realized over time um and so there's a temporal element to it but I do think diversification is something that we embrace, that we talk to our clients a lot about that we that we have um, within our general portfolio approaches. Um, and so I think it is about balance of making sure that we have exposure to a lot of different themes um, uh, over time. Yes, things come in, things come out. um, but it is about diversifying across those themes and thinking about where they sit um, relative to one another, right? I mean, I think, um, diversity, uh, you know, as an example, or gender, there's an intersection very clearly with other themes. And so there are some things that cut across um, portfolios and there are some things that are very specific verticals and just understanding how to balance all of those um, is important. But yeah, I don't like the flavor of the month type of approach. I think it's important to maintain consistency with all of these long-term um you know themes challenges but also opportunities um and so uh they're all important and i think balancing them is, is the key but um but making sure that things don't come in and come out that to me from an impact perspective is just not credible you know you want to be able to put capital to work follow it through understand how your thesis actually played out and whether you were able to generate um you know tangible delta versus um you know current trajectory
0: what does tangible delta mean?
1: So it's that measurable change, right? So we know that we're on a trajectory socially, environmentally, right? And um, it's it's that it's that concept of additionality, right? So um, what's already happening, and um, you know if you're going to put capital to work, are you actually changing um, changing the dynamic? And that's why I think that we see that private markets are such a more effective vehicle for delivering impact in some cases than the public markets, where, you know, often there's confusion between the enterprise level impact that's being delivered um, and let's say a strategy level impact where um, you're not necessarily changing things unless there's, you know, engagement or activism.
0: Now you've talked a few times about sort of this distinction between impact investing, sustainable investing, and ESG investing. Can you sort of define those three terms as far as UBS looks at them?
1: Sure. Um, Look, I mean, I think for us, the broad umbrella is sustainable investing, and that's incorporating sustainability into investment process and strategy um, at the core of it. Um, And so that can be done in a lot of different ways across different asset classes, across different themes. Um, Impact investing for us is the most intentional of the approaches underneath the sustainable investing umbrella. Um, where there is intent to drive measurable, positive, um, you know, and verifiable change um, uh, relative to, you know, the baseline. And so um, that's what we see people gravitating towards naturally. But I think in this broad universe of um, sustainable being important, um, I do think that that's the entry point to say, yes, I recognize that sustainability is important to, uh, to incorporate into an investment lens. Um, but then the distinction of, you know, is my capital. what's my capital helping to accomplish? Is it simply avoiding, um, you know, certain exposures, um, am I tilting towards, am I supporting, um, am I signaling, um, that, you know, sustainability is important? Or at the far end of the spectrum, am I actually, is my capital actually helping to drive change? Is it additional to what's already there? Um, and um, and that delta that we talked about, is, is it actually doing something above and beyond? Um, and is it contributing? And what we find is that um, everybody's in, at a different point in understanding sustainability and thinking about how sustainability matters to them and their portfolios. But as people step in, the trajectory of how quickly people move along that spectrum, we're finding that it's accelerating because people recognize the magnitude of a lot of the challenges that we're facing, whether it's climate specifically um, or inequality, um, and want prefer to the extent that they can, within a diversified portfolio context, to have their capital driving change, There are challenges, of course, around the measurement piece of it. Can you prove out um, that that change is actually happening over time? Um, But that's where they want to see their capital go. Recognize that it's difficult to build fully impact-oriented portfolios that are diversified, where you can see change everywhere. But that's what people are driving towards. That's certainly what we're driving towards. Um, And hopefully, some of those distinctions are clear.
0: And how do you sort of monitor that? A lot of people think at the end of the day, it's up to the uh, limited partners to ensure that people are actually following through on their ESG commitments, their impact commitments, et cetera. Like, do you ever remove a manager or what sort of enforcement mechanisms do you have around these things?
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, we have certain expectations for our managers that um, are putting themselves out there as delivering impact, you know, as measuring impact, managing that impact, um, and uh, and ultimately reporting on what that impact was. Um, and you know, what we want to ensure is that you know we have certain objectives that we're trying to achieve um, <clears throat> when allocating to an impact manager. Um, our clients have certain expectations that we've set them up for, or they have on their own. Um, and so the worst possible outcome is a solution that purports to deliver impact. But ultimately isn't delivering on any of those pieces that we just discussed. And so um, you know, our remedy ultimately is not to work with that manager going forward. I think it's harder um, from a mechanism perspective to say in the middle of an investment, um, you know, we'll no longer work with you as a fund manager. So the remedy really is over time to say, look, you know we had a certain expectations. We talked about those, we diligenced you as such. And um, you're not living up to those expectations. That's not a good outcome for a clients whose capital it is. And so um, I think there's that understanding. At the same time, um, you know, there are ups and downs, you know, in the course of any investment or any investment portfolio. And so it's about managing through those. There will be times when, you know, as a manager you know, certain investments are not performing to the impact KPIs I, I out, thought
0: UBS right? guarantees every investment <laughs> to the right. I, I read that. No, no, not, not quite.
1: <laughs> yeah, the word guarantee is not guarantee a, is right not exactly. that,
0: that is not allowed in any investment document, right? You're not allowed to <laughs> exactly
1: right. Exactly right. So but but it's it's a process is the answer. Yeah that's
0: that's great. And look as as we sort of close out, I was kind of interested to see UBS sort of this framework for how they're uh, uh, having a role in the ecosystem, and and you got this great chart that has like catalyst, convener, anchor, funder. Can you describe what role you think sitting in the seat you sit in that UBS can have the most
1: impact? Yeah, I mean, look, we think that we have a pretty significant role to play um, in helping to address many of the societal challenges that are out there in a way that fits with um, the business model that we have, which is helping clients to achieve their objectives, right? And so if I think about, um, you know, where we sit, we manage or advise on, you know, north of $4 trillion of assets, um, institutional and individual, um, on the one hand, and we see very clearly the challenges that need to be addressed, whether you frame them as SDGs or otherwise. And so, you know, our ability to help advise that capital which increasingly recognizes the importance of those challenges and opportunities wants their money managed in a way that will deliver returns and some progress Um, that's the real challenge but that's the opportunity and so you know we have i would say a role we have an obligation and we have an opportunity um, to really help advise on how does sustainability and how do impact play Um, in that movement of, you know, in the management of of capital. And when we think about, you know, our broader firm, I would say impact is really embedded into the the core of what we do. Our purpose statement explicitly says, um, you know, we're reimagining the power of capital and trying to connect people for a better world. So I don't know if there's any better way to encapsulate impact and how we help advise our clients, but, you know, than that. But um, it is that is the role that we see ourselves playing. And I think um, the interplay between capital and society and the environment in which we live in from a long-term perspective, um, it really means that as advisors or managers of capital, we have to incorporate sustainability at the core of what we do because our clients want to do it and because the world as we shape it is going to look very different depending on how uh, we do it. And, and investment capital will play a very key role um, in driving, uh, you know, a lot of whether those challenges remain challenges or whether they are you know, opportunities that we can address um, and really drive change, you know, from a societal or environmental perspective. So, you know, we we see it as important to what we do. Um, it's core to you know how we manage and advise on our, our clients' capital.
0: Well, you sit in a very important seat, Andrew, just doing some quick math. Uh, if 1% of that $4 trillion uh, changes towards impact, you've probably doubled the amount of capital overall allocated to impact. So,
1: And that's part of the opportunity is really getting all of that capital to recognize that sustainability is important and moving them along the spectrum to say this works for you, for your portfolios, and um, you know, for broader society and the environment. Well, I think
0: for the entire industry and for the environment and all the social causes we all support within Impact Capital Managers, you're playing an incredible role of transitioning large amounts of capital into the space. So thank you and really appreciate you being on the cast.
1: Daniel, thanks for having me. It's great to be with you. This
0: is Marika Spence, Executive Director of Impact Capital Managers. Better Money, Better World is made possible in part by ICM, a nonprofit network of over 60 best-in-class fund managers investing for superior returns and meaningful impact across North America and beyond. Our members share a passion for partnering with entrepreneurs and scaling companies that will realize a more resilient, equitable, and sustainable future. If you enjoyed today's conversation, tune in for the next episode of Better Money, Better World. Tell your friends
1: and visit us online at www.impactcapitalmanagers.com.